Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Good morning. On today's episode, uh, I don't even need Noel to be here today because we're talking about containers. I would like you to be here, of course, but um, you're very busy. And uh, I just taught yesterday, so all my notes are pulled up. This is very, very uh, plug and play, just rolling right into it. Awesome. I mean, we should we should invite our students next time into the podcast space. But yes. hello, and I'm I'm delighted. I thought we could switch it up today, and maybe I could serve as client. Oh, you want me to actually uh, use my theory, not just explain it? I do. Oh. I do. So let's back up because yes. listeners listeners have no idea what we're talking about. So, um, John, yes. once upon a time, you wrote a book called Containers. Yes. The container, it's not called containers, it's called The Angry Therapist. Uh, it's a long title, something about finding truth. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but yes, the containers concept is in there from my post-divorce and kind of rebuilding my life. Yeah, and I thought that, it, you know, one of the reasons why this topic is, is so interesting to me is that you, as a coach practitioner, wrote this theory based on your own lived experience mm -hmm. as just from your soul out into the world as a way to help people. And so I wanted to give permission to our listeners and all of the coaches out there to be creative with their own lives and saying, wow, what really worked for me and what can I put into the world? So when you were coming up with this, what was going on for you? The first thing I want to say is I didn't know I was creating anything. I was just trying to survive and, and build a life. It wasn't until later coming out of the tunnel, I realized, oh, this is how I did it. I wonder if I can put it on paper. I wonder if I could, uh, uh, you know, put structure to it and then use it to help other people. And I think a lot of coaches are going to do this. They're going to come out of, you know, whatever they're going through and then connect dots and realize, oh, this was helpful for me. This wasn't. Um, and I think that's how you, you know, create criteria. That's how you create content. That's how you, you know, write books and run retreats. Um, a lot of it is going to be coming from your own story and, and what you've been through. So paint the picture. What was going on for you at the time and what led you to this theory? Yeah. So uh, going through a divorce and really starting over, um, had no direction, no friends. I, I was really, I was broke, had no money in the bank and um, I landed a job in nonprofit and uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to work there. Um, I went there because it came with a salary. It came with a, a thirty-seven thousand dollars salary, and uh, it came with um, life insurance. It came with you know a, a insurance, basically, right? And so, and I didn't have a choice. But in that, and I think this is why I was supposed to work in there. I learned about uh, having a safe space and how if you just create a safe space, because this was residential, uh, growth can be organic. And I thought that was really fascinating. So I thought, oh. <clears throat> what is my life like? Is it safe? Can I rebuild myself a safe space um, in my personal life? And that's when I came up with uh, the and container was just a word that I thought made the most sense. I have a life container. And then I realized, you know, I have cracks in my container. So mm -hmm. how can I rebuild my container? And out of that, um, I came up with uh, in class, I call them doors in kind of doors into conversations. But I came up with uh, six concepts or six doors in on how to build a safer container 
for yourself. So that uh, then growth becomes a way of living. Growth becomes about life design, not just, you know, some fancy thing you do over the weekend or a program. What I love about your containers theory and the experience that students get to have in Lumia, you know, working with this is Mm -hmm. when you go through the process of doing this self-reflective work, you begin to get a sense of what it's like on the client side as Mm -hmm. they are experiencing this. So, you know, like it it gives you an empathetic window into what it's like to do the work. And I don't know about you, but as somebody who works in the space of like helping so many others through their troubled times and overcoming things and moving on, um, when I hit rough patches in my own life, it's always like, oh, fuck, like, oh, shit, like this hurts, this pain hurts of having to get into this and, and, you know, work with this stuff. And so it's a, it's a great empathetic reminder. Um, What's your relationship like to working on yourself, you know, in this context? Like, how does, how do you relate to then spinning it out into working with others? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's been a long journey. Um, I always tell the, our students, um, to not run the risk of being a copy and paste coach, meaning there's so much information, especially today with the explosion of AI, where uh, if you don't digest a concept yourself first, it's, it, you're just, I, uh, you know, you, you may just be copying and pasting information and what you lose from that process when you're coaching someone is like the human exchange, the, the, the human process. So once you digest a concept, right, in this, in this case, containers, and then you tell yourself, oh, this works for me, this doesn't, this is the language I would use, you kind of make it your own. And uh, that is such a more authentic way to help other people. Um, so that's, that's kind of what this is for me is, you know, I learned all these uh, theoretical orientations uh, in therapy school. And uh, it was just a lot of language. Um, I, I couldn't get a grasp on it. And so creating, you know, pseudo versus solid and returning what's not yours to own and these kind of very street level um, theories was my way of digesting dense textbooks and making it my own. So when I'm helping other people, uh, there's comfort in that. And I believe what I'm saying. Yeah, that's such a good reminder, you know, to, mm-hmm. uh, especially from the orientation. Um, I recently started reading um, a book um, by James Baldwin about mm-hmm. his personal experience as a black man. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I picked it up is because I have relied so much recently on James Baldwin as like a source of inspiration on queer theory. Mm. And it occurred to me that I didn't have a window, a significant window into his personal narrative of that intersectional being as a black man. And I was like, wow, if I'm going to really attach to this one piece, I need to understand the additional way that Mm. this, you know, explored his life. And so for me, that was a way of like bridging the gap theory, real life. And just like thinking about, challenges especially in a time of of my own challenge so i i get that i get that that's cool all right so you shared that a container is a space that um when when it's set up properly when it's safe it can really hear heal us Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what happens when containers aren't safe and how they function in terms of awareness yeah so we all have cracks in our container and uh, 
They could be hairline cracks or they could be giant cracks. It is up to you or the client to decide what those are. Uh, the coach, we don't tell you what, what your cracks are. We, we help you investigate, explore those cracks. Um, and, you know, like an obvious crack would be if you're in an uh, unhealthy, abusive, or toxic relationship that is stunting your growth, but also the person that's being abusive. Um, so s- imagine a container like a greenhouse, you yeah. know, a safe greenhouse, which uh, allows sun and growth, nourishment, if you will. And so the whole idea is that uh, we have the ability to build a brand new container. And um, where, where, where I started was uh, um, suit over solid self. And so um, if you're pulling more from your solid self uh, instead of your pseudo, solid is your authentic self, your real self, usually the quiet whisper. Pseudo, mm. pseudo is the false version. So me growing up in Hollywood and pursuing screenwriting for most of my 20s and 30s, I was pseudo, right? I was... This is where my whole exchanging truth for membership comes in. And so after my divorce, I just started here. I said, what would it look like if I was to be more solid? Uh, and I got the tattoos on my arms as reminders. And, you know, when I think about you, Noel, I think of um, someone who is very solid. I don't, um, you know, when I reflect on all the exchanges we've had, I don't see a lot of um, false moments from you. You know, you're very kind of authentic. You don't show up differently you know, depending on who you're around, you are, you are Noel pretty consistently. So um, that's a kind of a good example of, of someone who's kind of uh, in their solid self. Yeah, thank you. You know what, what I'm exploring right now, though, and, and I thought it would be a kind of like a good, good frame to test out this theory. And we'll just hit like the first three of like, yeah, home, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, relationships and, and work. But um, one of the things that that I've struggled with over the years that has really chipped away has been my relationship with codependence. Mm-hmm. So while I have been, and I am consistently solid, like I, my, I don't change who I, who I am. I don't have like a polar desire to change mm-hmm. who I am, mm-hmm. but I caretake. Yes. I do caretake. And, yeah. and so if I'm really being honest about the way that I exchange my truth for membership, it's in that relationship. Right. Right. Of how to find safety for others. I, I love that you said that because it's a little nuanced, but um, uh, many can relate to it. Uh, you know, Vanessa, uh, you know, ha- has uh, struggled with codependency. And so, yes, when you are um, codependent or um, not okay because someone else is not okay and, and, and you kind of struggle with um, your, your sense of self that hangs on someone else not being okay, that can I think uh, pull you into more of a pseudo self, yeah. even though overall you, you are solid in the way that you show up and you're authentic. Um, if you are codependent, whether it's with, you know, parents, uh, partners, whatever, um, you could be pseudo in that, right? You're sacrificing your truth um, for someone else's well-being. And yeah, you're definitely, you're definitely a caretaker. You're definitely, you know, the mom, the mom of the family. Mom. Yeah. yeah. Always, always. Yeah. And so, and, and what that, um, has done is, and, and I mean, we'll get into it, but it, it's, so it's, it's, it's not given the other parts of my identity that aren't mm-hmm. a mom mm-hmm. a chance to come forward, you know? So that's, um, so thinking about that in terms of how we're going to do this. All right. So let's roll in. Um, let's get into the containers themselves. So the first one is your home and physical space. Does mm-hmm. it or inspire you or is it a dark and cluttered cave? When you were were writing this and thinking about the home as a container, yeah. um, is it just 
your physical space? What, how did this show up for you? How did, how did you start with this? Um, it's, it's not just your physical, it's your also the home kind of like internally. Um, I had, I had no home. I was always running. I was always trying to go somewhere, uh, chase shiny things. And, and uh, it showed in my home in that, um, I never spent any time in things like candles or, uh, furnishings. I always felt like until I'm able to find my love and buy a house, uh, my, my home will just be, um, a hotel. Right. Uh, and, and I had a friend who, uh, she was a feng, feng shui person. She's like, why? She's like, you make your home, your home now, and you'll actually attract, you know, instead of, um, being like this nomadic guy who's, uh, just uh, buying a lot of Ikea furniture that's temporary. And uh, yeah, and so I, I felt when I finally was able to, to you know, create somewhat of a home, um, I felt more grounded. I felt like I had a place in this world, you know? And uh, to me, that is going to provide more of a, a safer container for you instead of feeling like you don't have a safe tree. Yeah, okay. So when we're approaching this with a client, um, the, the way, you know, ICF coaching technique is levied is you explain the theory as we've done. You ask the client if they want to play in the sandbox. We do. Mm -hmm. And then we start asking questions. So given the setup of knowing that I'm working on codependence, that I'm working on having other relationships with myself other than being a mom, mm -hmm. how would you start asking me and coaching me towards my home as a container? Yeah, so I would um, ask you in what relationships do you feel the strongest tug? Mm. Uh, so the the, the codependence, um, and and for me, I would label it as uh, you know your your pseudo self. Um, in in what relationships do you feel the strongest? And then I would kind of process the why. Where's that coming from? Um, yeah. I would I would uh, follow the string down. Uh, why do you have to feel like, I mean, ultimately, I think codependence is, it's about reducing anxiety. So you taking care of someone else reduces your anxiety. Um, so talking about where that came from and the patterns of that and how that ripples into your life, how that's cracking your life space, your container, how that's making you feel like you don't have a safe space. So we're talking about physical home, but we're also talking about an internal home, right? Yeah. How, that, how that ungrounds you, how that builds anger and resentment over time you know, all of that stuff. So kind of showing the client what is happening because of this, because of the pseudo tug, or in your case, you know, being codependent. Yeah. So everything that you just shared, like hit the nail on the head and, and resonated with me so deeply. So like what I've come to understand is like, I'm not a normie. You know, my, my existence is, is, is very radical in many ways. Yeah, for sure. And the idea of a standard home life mm. ha is is protective for me because it's like a way to show up and be like look ma look mm. ma i did it i did checked the boxes mm. and that the anxiety that i feel of like providing for and making sure that that's always um present you know mm. having a nice house a clean house partner whole nine yards um was was a way for me to maybe escape the cognitive dissonance mm of my actual identity and how that fits into the world, fits into my family life, mm -hmm. fits into uh, people understanding or even accepting me. Yeah. So that what you're saying is kind of what's running underneath. And, you know, you um, obviously um, have had many uh, uh, conversations and processes. So you're kind of aware of, you know, maybe more than, you know, uh, some people. And so 
um, you have answers. You have yeah. looked under the hood. You see how you're wired. You do understand self, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's like half the journey, you know, just it, getting it, people to understand themselves. And that, and that's, and that's, you know, it's it, what I, what I'm experiencing right now and what's giving me so much empathy for the coaching process is because I have the awareness. Mm -hmm. So now I'm at the point of what am I going to do about it? Mm. And, and this is the point in coaching why that valued partnership is so necessary mm. is having an outside person to hold up that mirror and say, how long are you going to sit in this suffering now that you have this awareness? Yeah. And then as a coach, you know, accountability, um, now that we've processed some things, um, how are we, we going to execute? Right. So going back to my containers, uh, theory, it is theory until you start to build a new one and that requires action, you know? Yeah. And uh, without that piece, then we're, all we're doing is talking. <laughs> we, we may have revelations, but it doesn't mean your life's going to change, right? So until Noelle puts some action behind her awareness of being codependent around certain people, um, she's always going to behave in that way. Uh, but when she puts action behind it, whether that means uh, sending someone to voicemail or drawing boundaries or whatever that looks like, uh, now her life can start to change. Her container can be more, uh, can be stronger. I almost feel like, uh, I almost see like an invisible, like forest field, like a you know, science fiction movie where the more you pedal your bike, the stronger that container gets and uh, your potential goes up, you know, you grow. It does. It's true. And it, it's something you said was really important to the work of coaching is like, you can have all the revelations you want, but your life isn't going to change. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's where we, we walk over the bridge between therapy and coaching and like yeah. the only person who can change your life is you. And it's so fucking hard and it's so painful yeah. and it's not worth it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I would also say that you have a responsibility as a human on this planet um, to change because then uh, what you're supposed to do here on this planet, the chances of you executing that will, will go up, you know, exponentially. Um, and you're right. The, the, the difference between one of the differences between coaching and therapy is in therapy, there's a lot of um, talking, a lot of processing, a lot of feelings, a lot of abstract experiences. Coaching, it's like, okay, now what are we going to do? <laughs> How can we accomplish your goals? Yeah. 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 And so, and then, you know, getting into that goal state, the, these containers are supportive of the future goal state, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I guess my goal state would be the opposite of codependence would be moving through the world where I'm responsible for the weight of my own self and nothing more. Simply put, being less of a mom. Yes, being, being less, less of a mom. mom. Right, which is, which, is, which is where you, you know, um, and you're a great mom, even though you're not technically a mom, but to friends and to coworkers, um, in a way that's kind of like where you get your cape and, and people love that about you, but there's risk in that because then you start sacrificing yourself. So. Yeah. And, th and that's exactly the point to look at is like, oh, wow, this maladaptive behavior is, is doing something for mm -hmm. me. It's doing something for me. That's so powerful that it's kept it in place for that long. Yeah. And what's the fear on the other side, right? I remember apologizing to you when we were, uh, so Noel lived with me uh, briefly when we were working together uh, in Los Feliz in my, in my uh, talk, you know, talking about apartments, my nondescript uh, didn't, there was just a, it was just, you know, four walls and, and uh, carpet and just kind of ugly. Um, great location though. And I remember uh, the team was working there and I remember um, you making meals and I think, and I love that. It was very generous. You cooking meals. Uh, and I was, I was trying to do this weird diet at the time. I was fasting. I was doing paleo. 
and you made you made a pasta dish. Um, and I remember when I didn't want to partake in you being quote unquote a mom because you, were, you know, this is the way that you love people. You were taking care of us. I saw that you were hurt. You didn't mm-hmm. announce it, but I saw the pain in your eyes. And uh, me talking, us talking about this made me made me realize that. It was the codependence. It was me rejecting you, even though it was just a meal, um, which, which, you know, and so when I saw the pain, I apologize. I try, I try to explain that right now I'm you know, on a certain diet, I, you know, I can't, but, but um, I think that um, you took it differently because of um, you being a mom and what that means to you. So I think you felt more rejected than, than the, you know, well, let's drill down because this is really good. So using containers theory, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and kind of saying, okay, well, well, what was the function of me providing that meal in that home? It was nourishing people. And mm-hmm. if somebody didn't eat it, then my offering wasn't valuable. Yeah, or way. you're not valuable or there's like a rejection. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then flipping that around, what did I believe it to say about myself? You know, there's, there's also a cultural piece here, right? I mean, I feel like with you and, and how you grew up, I mean, the kitchen, food, cooking for people, this is now, yeah. this is how you show love. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. 100%. Um, it's, that, that wasn't the case in my house. I, I went out and, you know, um, ate nachos and bought stuff. My, my parents never really made me food. So uh, that cultural difference also showed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so if I'm, if I'm, if I'm rebuilding, you know, that new container, you know, and thinking about my relationship with food in my home. um, It sounds like one of the healthy shifts, one of the behaviors that I would need to change is to ask the people that I want to feed, are you hungry? (laughs) Do you want? (laughs) Right, right. Yes. I, 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 I have the ability and I would like, but basically, yeah, permission. Yeah. 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 Versus like what a mom does, which is like the steamroll. Like it's already on the table. You walk in the door, it's all, the place is all set and ready to go, which is generous, but um, right. it is skipping that piece. And then I have an opportunity to say, um, oh, I would love to, and this is so generous, but I am on this weird diet and I can only drink oil or whatever it is. And uh, don't take it personally, please. Right. Exactly. And so what that ultimately does for me is then like spares me the labor of that process. And I don't have to go through the process of making food for somebody to nourish somebody who doesn't actually need it. Yes. Because if you, if you do it and I say no, you also now may be mad that you just did all this for nothing and food's going to be wasted and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is such a beautiful illustration of how a coaching conversation goes with using containers theory. So Mm. just kind of like really briefly touching on the other categories. There's there's friends and family, and then you would separate those out. Friends, family. And then would you separate out further romantic relationships, partnered relationships? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes, I, I look at um, I look at you know all the big pie pieces of our life. So friends, you know, uh, family. It's one. Friends is one. Families is one. Romantic relationships, obviously, a huge piece. Um, and then work life career can be one, right? Yeah. Yep. Work life career is 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 another. And then um, I have the third one as your relationship with your physical self. 
Yeah. Uh, so um, this comes from me discovering movement. I, um, I did my first uh, squat at age 35. I was very late to, uh, so I was very disconnected with myself and body. So I think that uh, just movement, um, your connection that you have with your own body can be a container. That can be space where there's cracks in it or not, you know? Yeah. And I think that that, that last piece of body really relates back to the other categories because if you're not in touch with how you feel somatically where mm-hmm. you're holding tension mm-hmm. when you're holding tension what's showing up for you are you caring for yourself what does it feel like to be healthy you know like yeah. a conversation i was having with myself this morning i woke up and i was like unreasonably tired mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what it would be like to wake up and like actually have energy. I'm only 43. Like I should mm-hmm. be waking up like and, and, and being able to have energy. And so that was a signal to me that mm-hmm. like I have a crack in that container. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's mm-hmm. something that's up. And so then with, you know, body, cause I think folks are, are pretty familiar with how to drill down in family, friends and in work environment, but with body, that's when you have to get into the territory of like, well, what do you put in your body? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right? Like, is it substances? Is it food? Is it a lack of food? Is yeah. it, you know, yeah. like, like what's what's going on in there that's that's contributing to, you know, basically self-abuse? And and how does that tie mm-hmm. in? to the rest of it right yes so all of that um how you move your body your connection to your body how are you fueling your body what do you put in your body how do you treat your body you know a Mm -hmm. lot of people treat their body horribly or ignore or numb and so that disconnection is a cracking container yeah and another piece i'm thinking of that Mm -hmm. um is is really typically left out of body conversations but is like rich for coaching is how do you decorate your body Because yeah. that's where there's such a crux of like worthiness in there. Like as I've been going yeah. through a rough patch, I noticed that I've not been putting on any jewelry. Mm. And I love jewelry. Yeah. I have so much jewelry and I haven't been wearing it. I haven't had the energy to decorate my body. And I was like, okay, something's up. Like yeah. I need to really get in there with this container. You know, um, one of the things that Vanessa misses the most uh, about the East Coast is uh, fashion and how in New York, people put so much emphasis on decorating their body. Uh, in LA, everyone's just wearing sweats and t-shirts like that just everywhere, boardroom, gym, it's all just, you know, and so um, she misses that. And so there's a part of her that feels disconnected because uh, she grew up in New York where uh, decorating your body, body was a big deal and it's a, a way you express yourself. Your art. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and it, it's part it's part and parcel, you know, of the whole nine tattoos. Yeah, tattoos, um, right? Color, you know, how do you how do you express yourself? Yeah, you know, yeah. how do you want to be seen in the world? All right, so this has been a, a beautiful um, conversation. Thank you for playing along with me. Well, you're welcome. Folks are interested in um, in working with this theory. First of all, come see us at Lumia. You have mm-hmm. a front row seat to all of John's mm-hmm. resources. Um, what advice would you give to coaches who want to pick up your book or who want to say, okay, I, want, I really want to get in there? Yeah. And, you know, we, we just kind of um, uh, 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 scraped the surface on this containers theory. One of the reasons why I teach this is uh, to show you that coaching doesn't have to be so complicated, right? 
Um, I've always been kind of the, let's bring it to street level. What does it, how do you say it in, in English, right? Like, how can I apply this tomorrow? So um, if you think coaching is complicated and dense, uh, I'm here to tell you that it's not. And if someone like me can take dense stuff and then use coaching to really simplify, um, this is a, a kind of a great way into that. And so, yeah, um, coaching uh, can be what you want it to be. And coaching can meet you where you're at, you know, as a coach. Absolutely. And yeah. and I've gotten so much just in preparing for this um, conversation in having the chance to ask these questions of myself. Yeah. And it's felt hard, but the, the outcome is that I'm feeling a lot more empathy for my clients right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I'm pushing them to change. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, I got to do it too. Um, and then the simplicity of it was like, wow, you can really break it down into very simple components of how am I treating my body? You know, how am I treating my container of my home? Mm-hmm. And then kind of mm-hmm. work from yeah, th- this is, um, um, and we could kind of end with this. This is why I love Marie, Marie Kondo, the one that, yeah. um, I mean, how more, how much more simple can you get than just go through your drawers and throw away everything unless it sparks joy? I love that. I just love how simple that is, you know? Um, but she's, you know, has an entire empire based on these simple joy concepts. And uh, my container is kind of like, uh, it's similar in that way. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Everyone, we will see you next time. John, have a great day. Yeah, work on your containers. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.